What's up, everybody? You're listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 130. And the featured review on the show this week is the new film from Jonathan Glazer, The Zone of Interest. It's going to be a very interesting conversation, I think. We will be getting into that shortly. But first things first, let me introduce my co-hosts. Travis, welcome to the show. Hello, Matthew. And Paris, welcome. Hey, levels are leveling. Oh, hell yeah. A little pre-show troubleshooting. We're killing it. Hopefully... It sounds like we're killing it on the receiving end, but, you know, let us know. I guess if uh, if it's all kinds of fucked up, we'll have to level it even further, but we are ready to do this thing. Uh, We're going to keep the intros relatively brief this time out before we get into our movie reviews. Is there anything, uh, anybody got any stories, life events, uh, you know, anything going on that we need to air out on the show? I'm bowling again. Oh yeah. You're the bowling league that you were doing before. Yeah. I'm doing the queer city sports bowling league again. And okay. I can say this cause none of them listen to the show. Do you guys remember like when I did it last year and I made out with someone from my team and I was like, that was wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we've hung out a couple times since then, like as friends, whatever, no big deal. They're also doing the bowling league this year on a different team. Uh, cause it's all, you're randomized every time. And we have plans to hang out because both of our games next week are at the same time. So we have plans to hang out beforehand. And I was like going to invite someone else from my team to do that too. Because I've kind of become friends with them as well. And they were like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Next week for our date. And I was like, oh, what? Oh, the person uh, that you met on your team last year referred to it as a date. Yes. Mm, spicy. So I was like, oh, I probably should not invite a second person. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, but now I'm like, is it a, like, it's a, di- like, what is that? What? Anyway. This sounds uh, right out of a movie. <laughs> it also is like, <laughs> like the date thing. Like it wasn't, it was obvious what the connotation was. It wasn't like a, it's a date kind of. You know, like no, an offhanded they literally, thing. They literally said for our date. Yeah, is this via text? It was in person. You're reading into okay. it too much. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me or Matt? No. If it was a text, you you were reading. Oh, it that's why I was asking. Yeah. yeah okay. No, so no, if no, this no, was no. In, in it was IRL in person, thing. and I was like talking about something else, but she was like, or they were like, oh, sorry, they're non-binary. Um, they were like, oh next week right for our date and i was like yeah, you're like what? i was like well, yeah for sure <laughs> and then i went back over and i was like i don't think i went to my teammates and said, i don't think i can invite you they just called it a date and they were like "Ooh," and i was like i can't i can't deal with it i'm too nervous <laughs> so i might have a date next week are you know. happy it's a date i can't tell from <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm anxious that it's a date. I don't know. Okay. I'm happy is a good. I, Are you I excited? They were, uh, uh, Would you rather have it be a date or not a date? Stump. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't I, thought about it. <laughs> I don't know which I would rather have. It would be less okay. stressful if it wasn't a date. 
but yeah, I'm always down right. for fun dates. I love a little, you know, I like I like kissing hot people. I did <laughs> last time we made out it was not great though, so we'll see. Also, I initiated it and I only do that when I'm drinking. So I was like, because we didn't make out any of the other times, I was kind of like, if you're expecting me to initiate, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I don't do that when I'm sober. Thank you very much. So. Well, regardless, I hope it goes well. Thanks. How's the bowling going? What's what's your what's your uh, PR? <gasps> Y'all, I bowled my highest ever score this week. I got a hundred. Nice. nice. Yeah. Triple digits. Yeah, like for the first time, like I didn't bowl anything close to that last year, and like. This year on the first game, I was at like 45 and I've just gone up since then and I got a hundred and it was the highest score of my team. Not to brag, but um, it, was, it was pretty good. <laughs> so nice. the bar's pretty low in, in the league that you're in. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Putting okay, up numbers Travis. like that in your MVP. Not I mean, to throw on. shade, but it I'm sounds not, like everyone not, is welcome. <laughs> I okay yes it's it's a social league it's not like a okay. competitive league yeah do y'all think I was like a fa- like competitive bowler no 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 but yeah sounds like there's hope out there for just about anyone Travis <laughs> you're such a dick hey God. I once bowled a fourteen okay. A 14? <laughs> in how many? Wait, like in 10? I was, I mean, I was still a kid at that point. It was the third game. I wanted to be done after two. Mm. And I bowled a 14. When you say where you were a kid, were you under 20? I was just a teenager. Okay. <laughs> if you said you were <laughs> six, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, I bowled like, a 14 when I was fucking six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you? Anyway. <laughs> I'm nice. never going to tell you guys about my bowling dreams again. Hey, you were the top scorer. That's huge. Yeah, that is huge. Congrats. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying your league. I wish I was in a bowling league. Not really. I don't like bowling that much. but <laughs> <laughs> I do. I wish I was in a bowling league. Well, not a bowling league per se, because I don't like bowling. <laughs> Just you know, a, a, league. a league of legends, perhaps? I don't know. Some yeah. kind of league. Like. Still figuring that part out, but maybe someday I'll get to be part of a league. We'll see. What about you, Travis? If you had to join a league, what would you join? Hmm. Chess club. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) How about poker night with the boys? Okay. (laughs) Not a league, but that's cool. Texas Hold'em. Do I know how to play chess? Tournaments. I think I could play chess still, yeah. I, I mean, I used to be able to play it, but I, would, I wouldn't I would call myself like a chess player by any means. I have been playing some poker on my phone, though, lately. On your phone? <laughs> like hey, like gambling? Or? <laughs> uh, no, just like free. I mean, just for fun. Wow, you really are a dad. It's hard out here sometimes. One <laughs> boy has a like kid and he such, starts playing poker on his such phone. Such a dad move. Like sometimes dad I need a little gaming fix and I like can't, oh. you know, just go to the Xbox. But a, a little oh, ten minute God. hand on my phone. Oh my God. <laughs> We're rocking and rolling, baby. <laughs> Anyways, you gotta get one of those backbone phone controllers and then just stream it to your phone. Oh my God. <laughs> you can game anywhere. <laughs> Not the games I want to play. Is that is that our sponsor this 
this week. So backbone. Yeah. Hell yeah! If you're listening, backbone you're getting your a free backbone, backbone sent to you. <laughs> Whoa! Just, uh, that was a send us your credit. <laughs> send us your credit card information, and we'll get uh, that sent right over to you. $99 shipping. Credit card information, <laughs> social security number, mother's maiden name, make and model of your first car. It's all your standard. Your dog. Yeah, just yeah, your standard yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I also, only if you subscribe to the Patreon, only $99 a month. Right, gotta be in the right tier to get into that backbone action. Um, for the record, if I was gonna join a league, it would probably be a pickleball league. That's probably what the route I would go. Oh yeah, I, I actually. I, what is pickleball? Is, <laughs> it's all like, the rage. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like think of it like uh, like ping pong mixed with tennis. Tennis. Yeah. It plays kind of like tennis, but you're using like. I don't know, paddles and balls that are closer to like a ping pong ball. But it's like huh. not the, okay. the, 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 um, not the field. What the fuck am I saying? The court. It's smaller than tennis and people usually play doubles. So it's like an accessible sport and it's like cheap to get into so that's kind of sure. why it's gotten so popular because also you're very good right. at ping pong you're like a ping pong champion i am pretty good at ping pong uh i'm decent at pickleball but i haven't played in well like travis you've months, seen so. matt play ping pong right <laughs> uh beer i don't know pong. if you don't know about ping pong my god this Why have you seen have me play ping pong? Because you used to have your own paddle and ball, and you used to live in an apartment that had no, a ping didn't. pong table, and you would always be like, let me show you my ping pong skills. Like, that was your go-to. I had a ping pong table? When you lived at the Lyric. <laughs> Why can't I remember? I, I, I know you're paddle. right. No, no, no I know. in your apartment. No, no, I know. I know. I can't remember where it was, though. Like, I, I remember... It was in the, that room that... Not the theater room, but that other room that had, like, TV and couches and stuff. Why do I remember this? I... How do... You like, the, this sounds familiar, and I I think I was only in that room one time. The Sky Lounge? <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Oh, was that in the Sky Lounge? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know what the fuck the Sky Lounge is. I don't think we had access to the Sky Lounge. Yeah, I don't know that I ever... Do you mean the roof? <laughs> no, yeah. it was like the fancy room before the roof. That's how Matt refers to his rooftop. <laughs> to the sky. Hey, you guys want to go up to the Sky Lounge? Sky Lounge? It's like a lounge where you can see the sky. <laughs> it must have it been in there. I can't fucking remember it, though. It was a That's long time a, ago. It feels like a different life, you know? I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Enough about leagues. Anything else before we get into our review? No. Sick. All right. Well, let's go ahead and transition into our featured review. We're going to be talking about The Zone of Interest. This film is written and directed by Jonathan Glazer. Uh, His first feature film since uh, 2013's Under the Skin. So a ten year break. I think he, he made a short film, I think, but I didn't. I didn't watch it. Um, so his first feature length film, 
sense under the skin. Uh, plot synopsis, Auschwitz Commandant Rudolf Haas and his wife Hedwig strive to build a dream life for their family in a house and garden beside the camp. Film stars Sandra Holler and Christian Friedel. What did you guys think of The Zone of Interest? Travis, you can go ahead and kick things off for us. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I'll kick it off here. So this was one of my most anticipated of last year, mainly because I'm a big fan of Under the Skin. So And um was hearing a lot of buzz movie once it premiered so, um yeah i was pretty hyped for it and i would say overall i think it delivered uh it's a hard movie to well yeah i guess like i wouldn't say i really enjoyed it and it is something i would like to revisit just because of like how subtle it is but it's also not really all that entertaining it is engaging enough but it's not really all that entertaining and just due to the like subject matter and the like mood and space that you're in for so long it's just not really that uh you know appealing to uh revisit but yeah like as an exercise i thought it was uh interesting and well done uh, really like the look of it and I did like the subtlety of it and I think I would get a little more out of it on rewatch because there is a lot of things that just kind of blow by you if you're not really paying attention or putting the pieces together uh, they don't really spell things out uh, what like with what's going on on screen so yeah it's not always like obvious um and then i will say i did like the sound design and just the the whole way the movie was constructed but i almost feel like the sound design was a little too subtle at times where i would hear something and it would make me like question whether it was like what i thought it was <laughs> um so yeah i i i think i really appreciate this movie but like it would be a hard one to like recommend or say that I like enjoyed it. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I can go next. Um, my initial thought when I left the theater was uh, that Michael Hanukkah called and he wants his <laughs> style back because <laughs> it Damn. definitely was very reminiscent of uh well, Michael Hanukkah has gone for in his films with like the stage realism and like the the stagnant cameras and like also like portraying, you know, like evil in like a very sterile, like cold way. Um, so definitely my first thought was, you know, comparisons to Michael Hanukkah. This movie I found more like interesting than uh than like a good piece of art like i almost feel like it would work better as like a museum art exhibit or something like an exercise than a feature-length film for a movie for a historical drama about one of the most like atrocious things that humanity has ever done i, I just felt 
nothing watching this movie. Like, I don't know. Like, conceptually and intellectually, I wrap my head around what it's going for. But emotionally, I felt nothing. And I don't know. Like, I... I've seen like there's an eeriness to it that was effective for me. There's definitely some images images that are impactful, but again, on an intellectual level, I just like I don't know. I actually found it pretty dull, if I'm being honest. And uh, well, <laughs> to your point about it, you know, maybe fitting better as like an art exhibit. I think it is something you're just supposed to like observe more so than be affected by it. Well, I've just seen so much reaction to this film and people like like saying that they're like they felt ill like physically ill you watching stop this movie. Stop listening to the chatter, Matt. <laughs> Keeps them just up have, at night. Have your own experience. I mean, I I wasn't necessarily going in with preconceived notions, but there's a lot of hype behind it and I'm not the biggest under the skin fan, but I at least admire what it's going for. So I was curious to see what Glazer would achieve with a film like this about this subject. And we can get into, you know, more about its intention and how well it's executed as we go through the review. But initial impressions is that I, it's a movie I admire more than I actually like, again, you can't really use the word enjoy talking about this movie, but I don't know. I'm pretty mixed on it. Ultimately, I'm I'm going to give it a positive score, but um, let me put it this way. I've now seen all 10 Best Picture nominees, and if I had to rank them, I would put this at 9 out of 10. So What's number 10? What's number 10? Fucking Maestro, <laughs> duh. Oh, okay. oh right, 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 right. We don't Just, have these things memorized, Matt. Didn't, didn't, I don't know. It's just something about it was off to me, and I, uh, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear where you landed on this one, Paris. Um, but those are my initial thoughts. Yeah. Um, okay. So interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh yeah. I apparently am part of the chatter because this film really worked for me. Uh, I will say the moments. I will say not a hundred percent. And I, I, when I first watched it, it was very, very effective. And, um, I think it has been quite a bit longer for me than it has for y'all. It's been at least a few weeks. I was trying to remember when I saw this, um, uh, well, maybe not a few weeks. Let's see here. It's been about two weeks for me. I think Matt just saw it last night. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I saw it two and a half weeks ago. And I will say for me, it's, it's the more I thought about it, the more I realized I saw flaws in it. But ultimately, the parts that worked for me really worked. The effectiveness of some of the black screen, red screen, like some of those moments, which are often not effective for me in films. I'm like, okay, yeah, here we are. Like I, I tend to drift off in my thought no matter what I'm watching. And while I did drift off in thought, I was thinking about the movie. I was thinking about the horror of the movie. And I don't know. I just, I felt this like huge weight on me the whole time. It felt very prescient for the times we're living in now. I think that, you know, having that we're going, you know, going through the 
Palestinian genocide. I think that, I don't know, it just, it, it just struck me, you know, people keep using this term banal, the banality of evil and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I do think there is something really resolute in that, in that these people are both horrific, evil monsters and also just like people living their lives. I loved that. Very interesting. They aren't caricatures. They are people. And people can do horrible things. Yeah. I would just I would just say the way I reacted to that is like I I was just I was waiting for some kind of like greater idea over the course of the movie to reveal itself other than like the normalcy of the lives of these people who were the perpetrators of genocide as opposed to the victims of genocide. Like it doesn't evolve on its premise at all. And like, once you can intellectualize what it's going for, it made the moments not have much of an impact on me. Like situationally, it's like a cold and like kind of terrifying realization. Once you understand like, what's happening just on the other side of a backyard wall. And, you know, like there are moments of effectiveness where like the juxtaposition of images where you see like smoke in the background while they're, you know, having like a pool party in the yard and you hear like gunshots or dogs barking or screams or whatever. But like when that's the only note that's being played, like the momentum kind of slows down for me and, I don't know. I don't really understand. Like, no one is going to watch this movie and be like, oh, my God, Nazis were kind of normal people. You know, not normal people, but like, I just don't really know what this movie is attempting to say other than, like, yeah, these were human beings that perpetrated this. These were, like, you know, the way it portrays, like, the Nazi Germany, well, like, arist military aristocracy is, like, very cold. And there are moments where it does its thing affect... No. Well, there's that too. That's an element too, like the sterile nature of like there's a there's a moment towards the end of the film where they like uh, it's kind of spoiler, but in the last like 10 minutes of the film there's a very interesting choice that it makes that goes towards like the sterile nature of like the bureaucracy of the atrocities and rooting it in present day and um but I just I don't know, like it's, I, it's not like I thought that all Nazis are like, you know, inhumane monsters that exist in some cartoon world. Like they were real people committing real atrocities. Like, I don't really know what is the movies trying to prove or say, you know what I mean? Like I said, it wasn't a revelation for me that, yeah, Nazis were just people doing their jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't think I don't think every movie needs to be revelatory, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really... I, I, I understand what you're saying. You're basically like, what is the thesis? Like we talked about all of last year, like what's the point? But to me, it's less of a like point driven, plot driven movie and more of like a, an abstract or almost like you said, like in a museum, like, like a thought experiment of like the horror that can be so mundane and and you say that like yeah it is you know i didn't you didn't think that of nazis as some cartoonish thing and like i'm not ashamed to say that i 
sometimes have to remind myself that they're not just like these caricatures of that, you know, that that human beings are capable of doing such evil while still like, I don't know, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. It sounds, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know what you mean. Sorry, not whatever. I just sort of lost my, I was like, I'm done talking. <laughs> I don't mean, I don't mean to say that it's like some sort of like, you know, oh, it, it's like a novel thing. Like, oh yeah, everybody knows, everybody knows that they are just, you know, people live in their lives. So like, I, you know, I get that there's like, especially seeing like the kids, you know, who are just born into this. You know what I mean? They have no choice over this and they, I'm, sure don't really understand exactly what is happening where they are and like being yeah, able they're to contextualize it naive to it or it's just like you know normal to them right so it's like that is something that is like you know it's it's cold and it's 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 harrowing to think that there's just these you know innocent kids who were just born into this and are just living normal lives like there's an image where there's like two like teen aged uh germans who were like behind like on the side of the house like having a kiss you know like a sneaky kiss while the rest of the that party was, is going uh, on the, and... one of their sons with one of the uh maid girls was that one of the main girls she seemed young yeah it was right i didn't recognize her who else would it be one of the daughters of one of the other uh, Nazi officers. They were having maybe. a get together. I thought it was. Yeah. Maybe she I wasn't dressed like the other, the servants in the house, but even that is like an interesting thing. Like there's, there's an off, not an offhanded comment, but there's like a really like horrible remark that Sandra Holler's character makes about to one of the, uh, like the maids in the house about how like, I can tell my husband to spread your ashes over whatever I field loved or whatever. That. I loved that because it's, it's this, it's this, it's this such uh, level of evil and uncaring again, that just comes out so casually. Yeah. She's just like pissed. And instead of being like, I'll fucking fire you. She's like, I will have my husband spread your ashes over that field. Like, and, and the fact that that is, not a baseless threat that that could really happen like i don't know man that didn't hit for you that didn't make you feel like what the fuck you know what's going on well i mean it just it it almost shows that you kind of have in order for these atrocities to take place like there has to be that like disconnect of like you have to treat these people as like vermin otherwise like you can't you know what I mean? Because otherwise you're going to have like, you know, moral people, so so to speak, would like have issues with that, obviously. And her mother actually does like leave the situation because she has that moment where she's like, I, I can't be around unless this is uh, this is cruel, whatever. Like it's not said explicitly, but she flees essentially in the night. So like that moment was to your point. I thought that was effective. And also the moment where the dad the officer has that moment with his horse. You know what I mean? Whereas like he's capable of showing this affection for a beast. And yet he spends his days like overseeing the extermination of thousands of human beings. Not just overseeing, trying to make it more efficient. 
Right. Um, right. The bureaucracy and, of genocide. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I saw this with Kurt and he said at that moment where they spread the blueprints out on the table and he was like, oh, yes, German engineering. <laughs> like, it's so funny that nowadays you think of German engineering like, oh, you think of it as tight and precise and, you know, efficient and, and well-read. And, and where did that come from? Right. And like to think about that at the time that they were using that to, you know, horribly murder people is just kind of wild. For sure. Sick, sick stuff. Yes. Sick. <laughs> sick as in like, I don't know, you threw me for a second because I thought you were like, yeah, sick <laughs> stuff. Like, <laughs> yes. Um um, well, Travis, well, yeah, you go ahead. I want to hear more about your thoughts on, on it. I guess just to reply a little bit to what you've been saying, Matt, um, how how you said it was a little, like, one note or, like, you you got it or, you know, like, yeah, it's not really, I don't think it's really new with what it's, like, trying to tell us, but I think it's new in the way it's, like, showing it. And, I mean, that's pretty obvious, but... Um, and then, yeah, like it, it was pretty one note in what it was trying to like say or do, but there were some pretty like impactful or standout moments that we haven't touched on yet. And some might be spoiler, but one in particular that was effective for me was the scene at the river, especially because mm -hmm. I didn't really know what was going on at first, but then once I like, made the connection it was just a pretty I, it's hard to like give any like i don't want to say it was like a cool image but uh i i guess i just like the way that that scene played out for sure. mm -hmm. yeah just the way it was done i thought was pretty like unique yeah it's definitely a a, a perspective that I haven't come across before in, in film anyway. So I appreciate that it was like a unique take on the subject matter. And there's all, you know, there's a whole, there's, a, there's, you know, decades and decades of like art, film, books, whatever that attempts to like shed light on, what happened in that era of human history and you have like different approaches to take right like there's like the schindler's list approach which is like this was horrible and you're gonna see all of it you're gonna see like every little horrible bit of it and then there's a side of it that's like you don't need to see that to understand the how horrific it was and like this movie is obviously on in that camp and with you know that's not something that we see as often with this type of subject matter of course but right i don't know like i also just like visually especially i've only the only film of his i've seen is under the skin like i don't know like oh. i said it just it would just it just felt like he was you can't borrowing on that from, visually the, what the the way that he under chose to do like the I well right both right. of them both <laughs> under the skin and this visually were pretty compelling and i don't even like under the skin 
I mean, I think uh, Under the Skin is more visually striking, but I mean, this one definitely has like a style and aesthetic that it sticks to. I kind of like the like cold clinical feel and look of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are some like flares throughout, but I guess just like the the majority of the the film, it like yeah again like it's like a specific aesthetic that was chosen, but it wasn't like I don't know that stimulating. It was a little one note. I mean, I think that was intentional, but yeah, it's just interesting that like it's not what I would have expected coming on the heels of. Uh, yeah, but you can't have this too like out there. I mean, there, it's on the heels. Then it would of feel it's weird. Just, I think it needs movie, to feel. But it was ten years ago. Yeah. Sorry. I think it that needs was... to feel and look like this to a degree, just because of the subject matter. I agree. Like, I think it gives it. I know this is another movie that y'all aren't like a super fan of, but I think it like Midsummer because most of it is in such bright sunlight. It sort of feels like. You can't escape from what's going on around you, even though they're sort of like disassociated from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, movies at night rule. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah, I, don't uh, I do. Uh, real quick, um, Paris already touched on it, but beyond just uh, what's going on in the Middle East, I do, because, yeah, you could ask the question, like, well, what's the, like, point of doing this again? But, um, yeah, just, like, comparing it to, you know, just, like, modern day or modern living and, like, how complacent we are with the lives we have compared to, you know, others, um, like the homeless situation, how, you know, there can be a tent that you just basically step over and, you know, you don't really pay any mind to. Uh, I definitely think that that was part of the reason for making this now. Yeah, I mean, that's why I feel like it's more it's more intellectually interesting than anything else, but you, cause you can take the concept and you can apply it to so many things, but that that's beyond the scope of what the movie is attempting. Like I understand that I maybe it's that. The, to the movie's credit, I guess that it's provoking the conversation, I guess, but I don't, I'm not going to credit the movie for, for that. Like, thinking about this movie has been way more interesting than the act of watching this movie or the revelations I had watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree. I think the conversation that comes out of it kind of, you were talking earlier about what's the point. I think that is the point of the movie is to ignite this, this, this thought behind it of like, how blind are we to, I was actually Travis thinking about the same exact thing. Like how blind are we, you know, like, you know, you two don't live in Seattle anymore, but living in Seattle, seeing a large homeless population, not actively doing anything to help those people. It's not as bad as, you know, literally being a Nazi outside of Auschwitz, of course, but it is a little bit like you're dissociating yourself from this horrible, you know, these uh, people going through really tough 
really, really horrible things and you're just like trying not to notice. You know, I think that there is something to be said for that. The movie sort of makes you take a second look at yourself. And I don't know. I I do think that's the point. Yeah, I understand that. I just I don't know. I, I guess as someone who spends a lot of time thinking and reading and seeing all of those things, like I don't need that nudge. And this movie is this movie is not going to move the needle at all. Like it might cause like, you know, suburban liberals to have a conversation outside the movie theater for 10 minutes after they see this movie. But then they're going to go back to their suburban homes and their fucking dogs and their four F-350 yeah, but truck that's a and lot. Nothing will that's change, a lot you know? to put on this movie to want it to I'm not putting it on the movie. The that's world. just that's just a pushback to the idea that like the conversation I mean, that's like, is enough. It's that's not, trying to it's not that that's like that's trying to change human a, behavior. It's just well, and also to say like that inst- one movie can't change something, I think is 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 preposterous. You know, anything can change the way someone feels, and I an idea can change the way that someone feels and i mean if you don't think that then basically you're saying like protests uh are you know stupid and don't make sense because you're not going to change the way people feel and talking about you know debating uh topics politics doesn't make sense because you're not going to change the way people feel like that's a very defeatist attitude to say like one movie can't change the way people feel just because they're going to get back in their fucking ford trucks or whatever like what no, again, I don't believe that. I'm saying I'm just pushing back on what you said, essentially, that like having like again, I'm not going to give the movie credit for like this movie isn't going to open anyone's eyes to like what's happening with Israel and the atrocities they're committing against Palestine people and have been for literal decades upon decades, let alone all the other genocides that are happening the world over. Like I'm just saying that I didn't, this is a me thing. I suppose maybe that's why I did not feel impacted by this movie is that I didn't need an hour and 45 minute thought experiment to understand that like Nazis were human beings you know what i mean like not in like the not in like, not in a sympathetic way this movie obviously is not portraying nazis in a sympathetic light but there was no revelation or impact for me because i already knew that i guess i don't know it's a me thing saying, i understand Matt, like, but there's still i mean there's a lot of movies that don't like even attempt to do anything like this and you love sure. them and you don't put I don't I just feel like you're asking a lot of this movie. I'm not asking anything of the movie. I'm just saying I did not find the movie to be that effective nor that good of a movie or even a piece of art. I mean, we are reviewing a movie after all. Whoa. Like, you don't think this movie is good in a piece of art as a piece of art? I think that's the, like the like the best way <laughs> yeah, to look at I'm, it. Like I, I think that you know, like it sounds like Travis, you, you, you're more looking at it that way. I, I'm think I'm looking at it both as you know, entertainment and art. But Matt, you really can't see it even as a piece of art. You really can't. No, I'm, I'm sure saying I don't find it to be a very effective or impactful piece of art. Right. So you don't like it as a piece of art 
Well, I, I mean, I am going to give the movie a positive score. It's not that I didn't like the movie. I just, I didn't, I was expecting some sort of like, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting to be honest, but uh, I just, there was, it was, it was lacking for me and it's not even what I would describe as the most impactful film about the Holocaust. Like I just, which one is? Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to be the most impactful film about the Holocaust to be a good film that is impactful. Right. I think I agree with Travis. I think you're putting too much on this movie. <laughs> do we want to do any like a uh, like spoiler talk about this movie or is there other other points or things we want to touch on? Uh, we could probably do a little spoiler talk. I think we should talk about the ending a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we do that, before we give startings and get into spoilers, um, any other general impressions or things to point out before we do that? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's. I, oh. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I had I had another thing to say. Yeah. I I did just want to touch on that I didn't love everything in this movie. I think there was a couple parts that I didn't understand or weren't effective for me. And some of it was the parts where they went away from the family and focused on like a different, I think like a local Polish family instead. I didn't really like, I felt that that lost a bit of momentum and it felt almost like time padding a bit. I'll say like, and like the parts that were shot in negative, like style stylistically or style wise or whatever the fuck. Um, I thought that was really cool looking, but I didn't really like it. It didn't, I don't know if I didn't get it or it just didn't hit for me. Like, I don't know. And then at the end when he's like vomiting or gagging or whatever, I wasn't, I felt confused by that. And I asked Kurt about it, and he was like, yeah. He, he came up with some theories, but I, I, none of them quite hit for me. And then I thought that it was really effective in the actual ending, and I don't want to spoil it, but the actual ending. And then when it goes – when it, it and, and then the, the, the final, final scene, I was like, oh, this is – I don't – again, I didn't get it. So anyway, I just didn't want to – come across as overly positive when ultimately I think there were definitely some flaws in it for sure. Sure. Well, we can definitely tell you brought up several of the scenes that we definitely should talk about in spoilers. So we'll, we'll circle back to that. Um, Travis, any closing thoughts and general impressions? Mm, No. Sweet. All right. Star ratings. What are you guys going to give the zone of interest? Travis, you can go first. Uh, I will, this might seem a little high, but I'm going to give it a 4.5. Hmm. I'm going to give it 3.5. I'm going to give it a four. Wow. Look at I us. like it the most. <laughs> yeah. Travis, I feel like I didn't, I didn't hear a ton from you. Uh, I mean, yeah. Cause maybe I'm more of a four, but I, I just feel like I missed a few things that may have, would have, may have made my viewing experience a little better. 
the old benefit of the doubt or benefit of the what the fuck yeah benefit of the doubt is that the expression yep. the old benefit of the doubt bump yeah half star bump <laughs> yep it was a me thing not a movie thing so mm. all right well paris what about you where'd you land on this one what's your star i already gave it is it oh fucking four jesus christ I'm losing it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I just black out? What's happening? <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move into a brief spoiler. Wait, did discussion. you give yours, Matt? You, you fucked it all up. No, I did. Three and a half. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> literally, literally, Travis, you gave yours. Then Matt gave his. Then I gave mine. Like, and then I forgot. And then Travis about? forgot. <laughs> Matt okay? threw me off. I had it until Matt asked. Oh, then, my God. Jesus Christ. All right, Travis, what's your star rating? What? 4.5. <laughs> All right. If you have not yet seen The Zone of Interest, which, to be fair, you may have not had a chance because it just kind of started opening up in smaller markets. So with the Best Picture nomination, I'm sure it'll continue to reach some of those... Uh, suburban amcs and regals of the world so perhaps you haven't seen it yet so if you have not checked the show notes skip ahead come back to it after you have seen the film um where do we want to start do we want to start at the end do we want to start with the 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 negative image like interludes with the 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 polish girl like where 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 do you guys want to start any of those sound great sick all right well let's start with the polish girl uh i guess clearly work we're our way very enthused in. so there are how many are there are there two or are there three i want to say negative image three, sequences but matt you are way more fresh on this than i <laughs> yeah, yeah matt true. why are you, you asking us? well you know i believe there's three perhaps two but there's at least two i think there's three and Definitely very visually striking. It's where the score comes in. Like, that's what I would expect from the guy who, or the individual who did the score for Under the Skin. Uh, Micah the score in this is Levy, pretty right? sparse. Yep. Very sparse, very uh, off putting, brooding, ominous. Um, so those sequences and, you know, the intro where you just see the zone of interest title card, it fades, you just sit in darkness with that droning music, these interludes, um, is really the only time you experience that. So tonally a very interesting shift. I still don't know if I really quite get what he's going for in doing so with these interludes but literally just speaking of what was occurring there it was a polish girl who was sneaking out at night sneaking into auschwitz right and hiding food at the like uh labor camps like at the work sites yeah like hiding Mm -hmm. it near their tools and that's how i read it but then like there's also some weird imagery, especially in the first scene, because the apples look like eyeballs. I don't know if you guys felt that way, too, where she was, like, putting the apples in the dirt and the way that the, like, stems were directed. It looked like it was, like, eyeballs in the dirt. I mean, maybe that was just the way I interpreted the image. I don't know. If that was the weed, dog. 
<laughs> no weed. That will probably was a panic attack waiting to happen. <laughs> that is so, true. No weed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was a series of sequences where she was sneaking in, coming home. There's that very interesting shot where it's like a, a shot reverse shot where it's like the negative image. The door opens. We briefly see an image on the other side of the door that's in color. And then it comes back, see the door close. I don't know. I still don't really know what to make of those sequences, like, thematically. Why did he choose to do that with the ominous tone, with the the negative image? It's, like, very striking, I have obviously. a couple things, just from uh, reading, not from my own intellect. Six. Homeboy did a deep <laughs> dive. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, one reason I uh, heard was... Jonathan Glazer wanted like all natural light sources. And so if he's shooting in the dark, then, you know, a way to show what's going on is to do the uh, technique that he used. I don't know what you exactly call it. It's not really like infrared. It's what is it, Matt? Do you know? Well, I've been calling it a negative image. I don't okay. know if that's yeah. like myself the as proper well. I think, way to do it, I, I think it is. I mean, it is a negative of the film, right? But yeah, they are, it is right. very bright, so I wasn't sure if that was. It could like, almost be like crank infrared something or something. <laughs> yeah, just move the lever. The contrast. Yeah. <laughs> and then another reason, which this is, I read on Reddit because uh, needed a couple things spelled out for me, so I, I went diving in uh, Reddit, and um, someone said that it was like symbolic because. Uh, she was the uh, beacon of light in such a dark time. Hmm. Huge. Boo. Little cringe. Yeah, little cringe. Oh, come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> that's too on the nose, though. I don't I don't think that's what Glazer would have been going for there. That's that's too of easy. Of course for not. Him. He's too 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 much of an artist. Yeah, his homeboy's avant-garde. I don't I don't buy that for a second. So, I think that the what we're calling the negative scenes is thermal photography. That would make sense cuz it does look like, you know, Essentially, like it's sort vision. of like, yeah. So that is, yeah, a thermal photography sequence. Yeah, that's that's what they're calling it. That was a thermal camera. Yeah, a thermal camera is what they used. Okay. So it's like negative heat vision. I don't fucking know. But it sounds like none of the three of us really have like a concrete thoughts as to like, like maybe what his head. what his thematic <laughs> she's the beacon of light in the night uh <laughs> but it's also there's a little cynicism because isn't there also a reference to like uh some of the prisoners get into a fight over apples and then they get executed over it so it's like yeah and you and you hear it you don't see it you just hear he yeah what what does he say drown him in the river because yeah they were fighting over apples like uh-huh like and I, I thought about that too and it was like oh it's like this this action that she saw as a kindness and where she was trying to help in any way she could actually ended up in a worse situation for this person because the situation that they're in is so horrifying you can't really make it better yeah or is it an inverse of schindler's list like just With as just far the as red. the well it isn't schindler's list it's all black and white except like that girl's red coat and she's kind of like a symbolism for 
like hope or like innocence or something. I haven't seen Schindler's List in forever, but maybe a little jab at the scarf is what you're saying, huh? <laughs> Interesting. A little tug oh, at the scarf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Huh, I that is uh, maybe a little more plausible to me. Like not explicitly Spielberg, but like I could definitely see that because uh, people have been very critical of Schindler's List over the years for the way that it portrays. You know, <laughs> those I events. really want to rewatch Schindler's List, especially. I'm after dying we... for a Schindler's List. Yeah, watch, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the weird oh, you're thing not? to say. But <laughs> well, no, I do want to watch. I I okay. don't know if I've seen the whole thing actually. I've only know. seen it once, and it was a while ago. Yeah. So interesting. Let's do a Holocaust uh, retrospective film series on the show, dude. I'm ready. I I want to watch Ooh, Night and Fog. I, too. I'm gonna be honest, y'all. I do not want to do that. I yeah. I don't think I don't think my my tiny sensitive heart can handle that. Right You're gonna now. sit that one out. Yeah, we'll do Night yeah, and Fog. Uh, we'll do yeah, um. Yeah. Um, What's that one called? In Darkness. The pianist. Yeah, the Polanski one. Wait. Huge. Yeah. Roman yeah, yeah, Polanski yeah. directed mm-hmm. that. Okay. Well, just kill me, I guess. Hey, it's a great it's a great film. I haven't seen it, so. I watched that fucking movie in high school. I'm thinking of Downfall. Downfall is supposed to be good too. Is that With the It's not the Tom the uh t- Tom Cruise one, is it? No, that's Valkyrie. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is Bruno Gons? Oh, this guy. Yeah, yeah. He was in uh Jack uh what was that movie called? Fuck Jack The House of Jack Built. Oh, are the main guy? Oh, he plays uh he plays Virgil, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, the old man. Yeah. Yep. Oh. That guy's been in a lot. Yeah. Alright. Well subscribe to the Patreon for the Holocaust uh retrospective review series um night and fog is supposed to be really good and it's only like 30 minutes it's part of the criterion collection 30 minutes it's a documentary i think it's uh like maybe it shows the aftermath of it it sounds like a real fun time yeah i bet all right well uh what else spoilers we want to talk about the ending yeah let's talk about it well, I mean, uh, the film chooses to... So basically, just to provide a little bit of setup, Haas, the uh, the main Nazi officer that the film is profiling, he phones home, speaks to his wife, and tells her that he's being... Uh, he's coming home, basically, and they have a conversation about, did she tell the kids and she's just like trying to get him off the phone and you know she's tired or whatever anyway conversation happens he's leaving the building he's clearly the last one in the building most of the lights are off and he like stops a couple time and is like dry heaving he's like retching but he can't vomit yeah and then it like jumps to present day and we see a group of janitors like cleaning the Auschwitz museum like before opening presumably and then it goes back to Berlin and we see him again and he like descends like a staircase 
into blackness and then the movie cuts to black and it ends. So that's what, yeah, that's what, what is happens. It, what does but... it mean? What do you what do you guys think? I could not make heads or tails. Well, I would before we talk about the choice to do the Auschwitz Museum in present day, how did you guys guys read the vomiting thing? Because the way that that's I initially I mean. the, the way I initially read it is like I think it's deliberate that we see him undergo a physical not too long mm-hmm. before that, right? So I think it's like I interpreted it as like his exposure to like all this smoke and like ingesting this ash and human remains is like killing him on the inside, like literally, but also like morally and, you know, all of the above. It's literally killing him. These acts that he's committing is kind of how I yeah, read it. It kind of like catching up with him in a in a different way, right? Like it's not it's not going without punishment, I right? Guess. Like he's like morally, yeah. There's consequences. He has no qualms, but he's still being physically punished. One might say, right? That's how I read that, and uh, the the main perfect reason is because uh, of the- parallel to global warming, Matt. Huge. Our <laughs> <laughs> Hell oh yeah, Travis, love so. that critical analysis. <laughs> AKA, so, AKA global warming. <laughs> Might be a five before the end. We're of this. all, aren't we all just Nazis choking and dying, walking down a staircase into our own dark, abysmal black doom? LOL. <laughs> so. And then the choice to like stitch in images of people cleaning the museum. I mean, I basically read that as like, it's, it's clearly a, it's a pretty chilling image and it's like a juxtaposition that is kind of attempting the same thing of showing like the coldness with which we approach like these very horrible things because like the most stark image for me was like uh, the woman like sweeping in the gas chamber. Like it's such an innocuous like deed, but just like when you really think about like what happened in that room and she's just like kind of casually like sweeping up, it's just like, I think it was, it was, it was a a continuation of of all that. Yeah. Right. Just to show like the sterile nature of it. I was a little taken aback that they flashed back to him. I thought it would have been a much more effective ending had they just ended on the present day where they're cleaning the Auschwitz Museum. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I I don't... Like, my reading of the last image is, like, it feels too on the nose, so it makes me not like it, but I feel like I kind of have to give Glazer the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he's literally descending into fucking darkness. Like, is that really, is it really that simple? I like, I feel like I'm missing something. I don't want it to be that simple, but it might be, right? I don't know. Did you guys have a different take on the final image? I know it's been a while since you guys have seen it, but it basically cuts back and he he is like recovering from like a retching episode and there's no more like 
uh, I don't know what kind of lights they are, phosphorescent, that's probably wrong, but like a very bright kind of harsh lighting that ends and he just like descends this dark staircase and then the movie cuts to black. So I didn't, I haven't come up with another way of reading it. It seems a little on the nose to me, but is well, that yeah, how you I guys guess would read it too? Just beyond the effects of, you know, like when we were talking about his physical and um, just the the effects of living so close to the atrocities and what that could do to his health. It could also just be like a, yeah, like a physical representation of the acts he's committed. And since he can't react to it on his own, it's like his body, like physically reacting to it. People did also compare it to the act of killing. Uh, There's a moment that's very similar in that documentary um, I actually watched that after I saw the zone of interest, mainly because it's been on my watch list forever. And so I saw it was streaming on Peacock and finally took the plunge. Um, maybe talk about that a little bit more and what we've been watching. But um, some people say it may have been like a, a nod or like kind of trying to do the same thing as that movie was trying to do. I thought about that too. I don't know if I like that reading, though. Like, basically, uh, Paris, have you seen The Act of Killing? I have not, no. Well, it seems in, cheap if if, if that's it, what it was, was going like, for. intentional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little cheap. I mean, I kind of like the, the nod to it, but then it's like, well, why don't you pick a way to, like, a different way to end your movie then? Because I already did this for mine. <laughs> right. Well, see, I don't... As like a as a specific nod to that movie, I don't think that's what it would have been going for. But that is a so Paris. It's a documentary, and it profiles um, survivors who were on the the winning side, we'll call it, of a genocide in Cambodia. So it like follow it like profiles uh, surviving. Uh, like uh, military members, like basically people who lived through the conflict, but on the side of the, like the fascists, like the right wing, like military dictatorship that exterminated like tens of thousands of people in Cambodia. And there's a scene where one of the characters, uh, the subjects is like thinking back on the deeds and like he goes the atrocities. back to one of the like sites where he did a lot of his killings. Right, and he had previously been very like nonchalant, like in his descriptions of what he did. But then when he was like brought yeah. back there, he well, he wretches, yeah. I guess he dry heaves. If we talk too much about it, it could spoil the movie. But right, yeah. I mean, it's one very small moment. But anyway, but so, but if that is the context that it's going for so in this maybe movie, it could be saying that like I think it could be a combination of things. It could be that he is both so dissociated so so removed so distanced himself from the horror the evil that he is committing yet he is still having to deal with the physical ramifications and it could also be a combination of that with what travis is saying like similar to this where it's like he doesn't like like in in the you know lizard part of his brain that's like this is wrong this is bad you're an evil person that's the part that's like making him wretch even if he doesn't 
consciously understand that's what's happening. Yeah, that's true. I I do like that more than just like, because I don't know the 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 one thing I worry about with that reading is that like for a movie to have been so committed to its position, for it not that it's not it's not absolving him it's not sympathetic to him but for the movie to end with him having like a you know a moment where he like potentially is like feeling the weight of his actions like i don't know it feels a little cheap like a cop-out to be able to end your movie like that like just commit to this notion that you've gone with that like you know, he was just a guy who has dehumanized these people to the point where they're like garbage under his feet. But I don't know. It's plausible. I don't hate it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, another moment I like towards the end, um, just I guess in the way and how like subtle it is. Um, is the scene where the kids are playing and the older one like traps the younger one in the greenhouse and like imitates Pretends it being a gas, gas chamber, <gasps> like as, as if it's just like a funny joke or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was pretty chilling. Yeah, that's definitely one of the more one of the more effective moments. But again, it's kind of it's going. You know, it's it's a little one note. You know, it's it's going for the same thing. It's the dehumanization of these atrocities that are being committed right on the other side of the wall. And that one was maybe a little more impactful than some of the other ones, but it's still like, I don't know. It didn't like, it's just an exercise. The whole movie is just kind of an exercise in unpleasantness for me. And that's the point for sure. Yeah, But yeah. Also, there's a scene towards the end. Oh, sorry. I had a question for you guys. There's a scene towards the end where it looks like the kids are playing in snow. I read online that that may have been Ash. Can you guys confirm or deny? I thought it was Ash. That's also pretty fucked up where the kids are playing in it as if it's like snow, but in actuality, it's people's ashes. And just. An extension of that is like the thriving garden that she has and it's like basically fertilized by human remains. Literally, he's pouring ashes on it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was also like a effective, like effective imagery or just like an effective way to like, again, it's still like one note, but another effective way to like illustrate that. Yeah. For sure. And I, to your point about it being ashes, like I didn't think that in the moment, but the little kid was literally wearing shorts, you know, like they yeah. do make a comment where they're like, oh, like the girls didn't want to come outside because it's too cold. But he is wearing shorts. So I don't Which know is I, why I think it's supposed to be subtle because the kids I, think it's snow, but it's actually yeah, Ash. like they're just like, haha, playing in the snow. But it it's not, I, I didn't think it was snow when I saw it. I thought it was ashes. Like the way it was falling, it didn't seem like snow. It, it seemed like ash. And it was stark white, though. That's the only thing that gives me 
Yeah, I mean, Pause. maybe. You saw it more recently than I did, so I just remember when I saw it, I thought it was Ash. Or maybe I thought it was Ash with Snow or something. I don't know. I think that, but to be fair, I do think that's part of the intention for you to question it, right? I don't, I think it's, maybe it's probably yeah. intentionally white because you you second guess. You at least, it, like, I didn't think about it, but I do think it's totally valid for that thought to have crossed your mind. And thinking about it now, I think that probably is the intention, right? Like, the kids think they're playing in snow, and maybe they are playing in snow, but we know enough about the circumstances to question if it is snow. Or it could very well be a mixture, for sure. Yeah, like, at that point, it almost doesn't matter if it's snow or ashes. It's just the fact that... It's the implication think, of it. Yeah, that it they, they could be callous enough, removed enough, whatever, to literally be playing in the ashes of these humans these millions of humans that have been murdered like ah yeah it's very chilling another uh designer stylistic choice i liked was uh the fact that like the baby was always crying so like the baby could sense that something was wrong oh, or off yeah with the scenario but like you know because they there's some innocence there that they haven't like quite been like programmed or subjected to enough of it i mean yeah they don't know any better but they obviously, you know, there's something off, and so they're reacting to it. And then the the mother character, same kind of thing. It's like this outside person, and then once she gets like enough exposure to it, she vacates. And well, and I was thinking about her character quite a bit because I didn't really understand at first why she left when she did. Like I was kind of. It took me a little a little bit to kind of get it like, oh, she couldn't handle like she is not dissociated. She is not removed enough. She couldn't handle seeing that. But it was interesting to to hear, you know, like. I don't know, I, I thought when she was talking about like the person that she worked for, like maybe she's over there and you almost hear her like feeling this some sort of humanness uh, you know like some empathy or some some guilt or or regret or something and then she immediately turns into well i wasn't able to win her stuff at that street auction anyway so like it, it's it's this i i thought it did a really good job of showing like how people can i mean we've kind of talked this to death but how people can essentially just like remove themselves from something to the point of becoming inhumane right but to your point the mother in that moment it's not she's not dehumanizing it in the sense that she directly connects the cremation to a real life person that she knows right like to, to sandra holler's character like they're like cattle basically you know so like worse than that she yeah. she she does kind of she's callous in her response and she's like oh you know well who cares anyway like i didn't you know i can't remember specifically what she said but she kind of brushes it off but the very last image we see of her mother is in her bedroom looking out at the smokestacks like the flames of the crematorium at night that's the last. Okay, so wild. I thought that was a member of the Polish family. I was very confused during that sequence. Well, I think the only time we see anyone in that family 
Well, no, that's not true. There are other circumstances. No, that was definitely the mother where she's like, because we we we've been that established in that room before. The, is she's the one that pulls in the the clothes that are drying. No, no, that's a different scene. Okay. Those no, are two this is people. yeah. No, the mother is in in the bedroom upstairs, and she wakes okay. up because like her room is like the light oh, wakes sorry. her up. She's yeah, because like, it's red. Yeah. And she like gets up and she's like staring out the blinds, basically. And we see like, you know, the ebbing and flowing of the flames like illuminate her face. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she has like a contemplative day. look. Yes. Okay, that makes a lot more sense because I don't know if I was just like, I, that whole sequence was kind of, I, I, I was a little lost at that <laughs> in that part. Uh, but that makes a lot more sense because I was like, Wait, she left? I don't really... Like, it felt sort of ambiguous until Kurt and I talked after. And I guess that makes a lot more sense if that was her and not a woman in the Polish family. Yeah. You are thinking of a different scene, though, where she... uh, That's around the same time that the... The girl who was going out at night to bring food into the the work sites... Right. ...comes back with the bike. That's around that same same time. It's that same evening where we see her, like... Right. I, for some reason, I was conflating the two people. Um, And then I guess one other scene that we can talk about real quick that we kind of alluded to earlier, but didn't weren't explicit about was the scene that you brought up, Travis, in the river um, Mm -hmm. of he he's like fly fishing and the kids are swimming and he picks up like a human remains of some sort. It was a bone. I'm I'm not a biologist, so I don't know. That's kind of what I looked like a jaw. Yeah. Well, you guys know more about fucking bones, I guess, than I do. But I was like, yeah, that's a yeah, human dude. bone. Their bones, bones are, are their money. money. <laughs> <laughs> so you're my best bud. <laughs> so we, he picks well, up the bone and then he's like immediately like repulsed and like runs out of the water, gets the kids and then they go home and they're like vigorously scrubbing the kids like the helper like scrubbing the shit out of them like they just came into contact with like you know chemicals or something but i mean yeah it's human remains but it's it's almost like they were treating it like uh like they were contaminated by filth or something just being like, in like water arson, like they like there was arsenic were. in the water and they just scrub out like the, the way they were rinsing out their eyes like Right. Yeah. It's like they were. He. He. He was like tainted. Like it's like a, a, a like you said, like a poison that needs to be expelled. Otherwise, it'll it'll infect you. Like again. And yet, the hypocrisy of it all. When she takes the lipstick out of the fur coat and puts it on her lips, and immediately I was like, "Well, that's unsanitary." Because that's someone else's lips, not because I'm like that's a Jewish person. You should. And then I was like, "Well, are you comfortable with that?" That's clearly came from a jewish person like you're cool just like putting their lipstick on your lips but later you're scrubbing the shit out of your kids because they touched like their remains like i don't know it just felt very it, it's that hypocrisy that lives that lives in all that that has to live in all that you know you're like yeah. we'll we'll take your stuff we'll take your belongings we'll take your teeth but you know well also can't touch within you. that Within that river scene is I don't know if it's an effect or not. I would assume it's an effect. Isn't there like a like a wave of ash that's coming in as well? It looks like or, an oily film on the river. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be ash. 
It's hard to tell. It, it something seemed off about the water, but but it is weird. I mean, unless they just do it at like certain times of the day, but it seems weird that the family would like you know hang out in the river knowing that they dump there, you know, right? But but maybe it it happens so infrequent that it doesn't really affect them. I I don't really know. But it sort of seemed like it wasn't necessarily dumped there, but it was more like runoff from somewhere that they maybe didn't mm, realize would get into the that river. That makes sense. Right. Yeah, I think it was almost like a um like a mistake in the 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 war machine, so to speak, in that it was like a uh a mistake was made on a human level that they allowed the waste to spill into the water supply kind of thing. There might have even have been a scene where sense. he like makes a comment that he is going to like find the people responsible and like make sure that they're like punished for their indiscretion kind of thing. Like mm. I feel like I, I vaguely remember a comment that he makes around that time. But then also the 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 young woman that he has a sexual encounter with was she not a was she not a I prisoner? Was just, I was just about to ask, who was that? And why do you think that was in the movie? Well, in the moment I I read it as like, you know, these these people have like intricate inner lives where they're like raising a family and you know, going home with their wives, having affairs, all of these things. That you know, normal people, quote unquote, do. Yeah, but and I guess at that point it didn't feel like it that mattered. Like we'd already done all that. We'd gotten past that. I mean, you know, and, we know and, the whole and, movie is is that. Well, and, but 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 <laughs> it 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 spends so much time on it. He has a secret tunnel. They meet in this weird secret place. Then he washes himself in such secret like, and obviously, so his wife doesn't find out or whatever. But like, I don't know. It felt like it meant something, and I just didn't get it did you guys get anything more out of that well i looked at uh, take this with a grain of salt because it is wikipedia wikipedia refers to her as a young woman prisoner so the implication there i guess is that she's jewish so the hypocrisy of him doing all of this but then he'll have sex with a jewish girl like that uh, that would make huh. sense, but again, I didn't get that contextually. And again, this is just this is just yeah, Wikipedia. So, no. well, also, uh, I'm pretty sure I did a part of my reading. Um, I read that I believe that was potentially based on like a real life person, because because it is based on a book, right? I, so yeah. his character is real, and yeah, the and family I, is. I believe real. he impregnated yeah. a prisoner. Oh, really? And so I think it was to like, oh. I mean, I don't think it was just like, you know, um, including it just for that reason alone, like just to like, yeah. you know, give credit or pay homage to that person. But yeah, I think that was part of it. I think the movie could have done a better job at emphasizing that she was a prisoner because I think that would have, again, highlighted that hypocrisy sort of shown this weird double standard also like a good like simile for like or metaphor or whatever for like 
like uh, the American slave trade in which, you know, that happened often um, where white men would, you know, rape black slave, black women slaves. I feel like it's like a similar type of vibe where, you know, it's like the, just this ultimate power imbalance, et cetera, et cetera. And like, so Hippocratic, blah, 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 blah. sorry, I am losing my steam. I apologize. <laughs> well, so I think, I think that, Again, I did not get that contextually from the film, but I clicked on the Wikipedia page for the book. And in the book, that character's name is Paul Dahl. Paul Dahl, who wow. is who is the, the commandant. So it's a fictional... The, the Wikipedia says it's literally a fictionalized version yeah. of Rudolf Haas. So the movie makes the choice of being like, no, fuck that. We're not going to do a fictionalized version. We're going to do the guy because fuck him. He was a Nazi. Um, but it does mention that one of the characters in the novel is a Jewish Sonder Commando, which is apparently uh, they're like help, typically Jewish women. It was usually. No. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Sauer Commando were was... work units made up of Nazi death camp prisoners. Oh, okay. So they were yes. comp- they're prisoners. Okay. That's what I was going to say. They're prisoners that were like leading the other prisoners again, like like a house slave, not to keep writing that metaphor, but that like were essentially helping the Nazis in order to get preferential treatment. Right. With the threat of death. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yes. If yes. they refuse to help. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Of course. Again, like a house slave yeah man nuts um okay anything else uh fucking depressing man (laughs) uh i'm good on the zone of interest me too yeah that's it for me okay um let's move on to what we've been watching uh i don't have a ton Travis, I did lurk your letterbox. You, I think mm. all you do is watch movies now. Is that is that right? Yeah, in like 15-minute increments. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what do you mean all you do is watch movies? You have a chat. Not th- yeah, not that that wasn't what you did before, but you've been logging a lot. I have, yep. Yeah, well, I don't know how much of it you want to talk about, but you can you can go first. Um, Really, not a lot, to be honest. Um. <laughs> I will say at the top, I guess, I rewatched the Before Trilogy. And um, I don't know if you guys were aware of this or not, but uh, I do the premium episodes on Suds and Cinema. So I'll go ahead and... uh, Wait, really? All of them? Uh, I've been doing them for, I don't know, the last, like, maybe the last year or so. Oh, Travis, I oh my god, I'm going to subscribe to their Patreon. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm cheating on, on you guys. Well, I mean, I don't <laughs> care about that. I mean, good good job. You know, oh. I, I did notice on Letterboxd, there would always be like, like Kyle and all them would watch the movies, and then you would also sometimes, and I was like, huh, I wonder if he's just watching along with them. A little watch party, huh? That's cute. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of nice. I wonder if he's like watching them because he knows they're going to talk about it. So like, no, you're literally doing it. That's so funny. That would be pretty dedicated. Um, I thought and... you were their number one fan the way Kyle is ours. So... You know, not saying I am above doing something like that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually partake in the episodes and uh, 
yeah, it's just a way I like I like homework. I'll uh, I'll say that I don't, but I like homework when it comes to movie watching cuz uh if you leave me to decide, I will scroll and scroll and scroll. Mhm. Like it's my last supper. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make this one count. <laughs> Could be the last movie I ever watch. <laughs> Guess I'm putting roll. on fucking uh forgetting Sarah Marshall for the 30th time. <laughs> Well, anyways, I rewatched the before trilogy, seen them all once before. So these these were all second watches, and uh, you're gonna have to drop tier if you want to hear all of my thoughts. But I will say, drop tier. Uh, what does that mean? It's a be, bit. It's a bit. They jacked part of <laughs> their Patreon. Stolen valor. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I don't know about jacked, but you got. I think for it's it. great that we should encourage people to get on their Patreon. They should get on everyone's Patreon, ours included. Theirs is only a dollar <laughs> minimum tier. Yeah, theirs is ninety nine cents. Ours is ours is ninety nine dollars a month. Like yeah, it's yeah. fine. Like everyone has their buy in. You know. Well, real quick about the Before Trilogy, I'll say that Before Sunrise went up a little bit. Uh, Before Sunset kind of stayed the same. And Before Midnight also went up and is my new favorite of the trilogy. Could be be where I'm at in my life. I saw that. Shook. uh, all All I will say is... The hotel sequence, it's almost half the movie, is incredible. It is like one of the best things in cinema. It, I was like glued to the screen the last half of Before Midnight. Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible stuff. Love the, uh, the banter, the, the arguments, the, the aftermath of the fight outside. It's all wonderful yeah i talked to kyle about those movies a little bit and he said you're both on the same page and just i just need to say on the record you're both you're both fucked you're both wrong. yeah and you need matt, help you need help matt, <laughs> matt are, you, the are you saying this because you they're, they are four-star <laughs> movies and you're giving them five stars like no no, really? no 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 uh the order like Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, but my order, if I'm ranking them, they're all five-star movies for me, but Before Sunset is the best, then Sunrise, then Midnight. Travis, you would say the opposite, and yes. Kyle would say the opposite, right? The opposite? Yes. The yes. Op- I'm with Matt on That's this That's what one. I'm saying. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I- <laughs> wow, Travis. Hey, I'm not I, trying I, to be contrarian. Like I knew, but, I knew uh, that you rated Midnight Higher, but I still was like, but that's still the lowest reality, right? Like, wow. Wow. Okay. No, no, Listen, no, I'm, I'm, I'm The highs I'm not, are I'm not so mad. high. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shook. Well, okay. Everyone, everyone wants to come to the second one. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's the worst one, okay? No Sorry. way! And also, yeah. Wait, it's pretty split between the first and the second. the worst one? <laughs> the second one's the best one, for the record, but... I disagree. Convince the first me. one's the best one. Wait, Matt, maybe we have different orders. It's before sunrise, then before sunset, then before midnight. Yeah, the second one she, is She is goes my... one, two, three. I go Matt one, two, three. Matt goes two, one, three. I go oh my God. three, one, two. 
Yeah. Before Sunset is oh my, my third God. favorite film of all time. So we're time, all so. wild. Okay. Yeah. One okay. of us is right. The other two are wrong. Oh, so we, we can leave well, it there. Well, I, Matt, okay, I but know Matt. that you're obsessed with those movies, but like, you really don't think the first one is the best one? Um, it's the most romantic one, but I think yeah. the second one is You're arguably such a romantic, more romantic. Though. Bitch. No, 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 more oh romantic. Oh my god! It and is no way, no way. Yeah, because they the way it ends. <laughs> yeah, the, the one of the best one endings in all of cinema. Way more romantic because uh, romance is fleeting. Well. The second one says, what if it wasn't? And then the third one says, <laughs> exactly. yeah, no, romance is dead. Uh, yeah. Matt, Matt <laughs> I am curious. Dead, so long live romance, okay? <laughs> when is the last time you watched all of them? A couple of years ago. Okay. Like, I don't know, three or four years ago. Okay. I tend to watch the second one. I've seen the second one, like, several times more than I have seen sunrise and i've only seen before midnight twice. interesting maybe three times see Two i think i think that i get into this on their show but the main thing that uh may, maybe uh detracts from the second one is jesse jesse a borderline bugs me well he definitely bugs me in the first and second one he doesn't bug me as much he kind of redeems himself for me in the third one even though as a character he probably does the opposite <laughs> but uh <laughs> i find jesse kind of annoying especially in the second one really Be i think it's because he's a writer <laughs> yeah i mean you i know. think that's part of the point is, is also for him to be a little pretentious but right that yeah that pretension is what rubs me the wrong way it's i think this the middle one is the most profound and well-written of the trilogy i will say the ending of the second one could be the best thing in the whole trilogy oh it is the best thing in the whole trilogy <laughs> could be <laughs> no it is you very, can just say very it. well you could know, it be. is <laughs> so anyway you'll have to subscribe to our patreon for our premium episode of uh the before trilogy only 99 dollars a month it's gonna be huge. Matt, you'll need to re rework my contract to get me off those. Yeah, they cutting you in. You getting a piece of the pie? <laughs> yeah, we're whoa, splitting that whoa, <laughs> four ways. <whoa. laughs> Man, those residuals. Wait, Is that how you're ways. able to buy your house? <laughs> exactly. Four I'm ways. actually thinking about quitting my job and doing podcasting full time. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Matt, um, that's fucking Matt, lucrative Matt, over are here. you holding out on us are you keeping all of our money in a vault and not letting me and travis see any of that hard hard cash our money we, making off of this show we've lost probably several hundred dollars <laughs> oh, no. add in uh, equipment from all of our and, negative uh, sponsorships and, and uh you know the cease and desist letters from using music that we're not supposed yeah, to. Yeah, fucking universal music <laughs> yeah. threatening to threaten the legal action against us. For... dollars in legal fees. <laughs> <laughs> it's all worth it yeah, to bring you this super great, not at all shitty and terrible show. I'm actually Glad close you got to, to use that song, though. But, yeah. That Taylor Swift Matt, song in the Megan episode, though, huge. Bankruptcy. <laughs> Help us out. <laughs> Oh yeah.
All right, um, enough about the Before Trilogy. Well, I'll, I can go. And Travis, you actually also watched this, although I think it was a rewatch for you. Um, mm. I saw Cruel Intentions for the first time. Whoa, you just rewatched or you just watched this? Time? I had never <laughs> seen it. Yeah. Girl. Okay. So Dying it's one of your thoughts. It's one of Haley's favorite movies. Um it's it's pretty bad. Uh <laughs> it's it's I also know. icky. It's pretty icky. It uh, is. Pretty homophobic. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean they transposed <laughs> dangerous liaisons into fucking high school it's uh i don't know it's a little uncomfy seeing high school age kids like try to fuck each other and sexually you know exploit each other oh, and come on manipulate Matt, each it was other. the 90s yeah, Matt, <laughs> i know i know this is i like understand american pie came out a few years later yeah. like no, everyone's I- trying to fuck everyone else like, i get understand. over it I Matt, understand. just because you were a loser virgin that can't drive in high school Listen, you didn't have to get that personal. It's just a movie that I never yeah. saw. Okay, so I have no, no nostalgia quoting, for this movie. I was quoting Clueless, by the way. I wasn't <laughs> like that wasn't an active mean thought. I it, Matt, it is definitely it one of those movies, though, where like of its time, nostalgia, like that's the only thing that it really has going for it. Yes, and having not seen it, uh, I will admit. If I had seen this movie when I was, you know, 13, 14 years old, yeah, would have loved it. Uh, now, uh, it's poorly written. Um, I will give it credit for the performances, though. I do think um, Sarah Michelle Gellar is really good in it. I think Ryan Felipe is good in it. Um, but my God, the fucking ending of this movie <laughs> where he gets he gets killed by the car. I was like, no, uh-uh. And then when it cuts to his f- picture at the funeral, like on the casket, I Haley got kind of well, she got mad at me, but she was like, come on, because she was she was showing this movie to me. I burst out laughing when it cut to his picture on his coffin i was like are you fucking kidding me did that really just happen and yeah turns out he did get killed to and, be fair uh, that part of that i hate that part of the movie it's dumb it doesn't make sense and then she's just like driving away no in his sense. car and i'm like what like yeah, that's not how that works to be fair the movie doesn't know how to end and so it just does it just like kinda, yeah. i will to to your credit, yeah, yeah, the ending is not strong. <laughs> and I also, I just didn't buy the Reese Witherspoon thing. Like, I just didn't buy that he was like able to convince her to like give up on her boyfriend, and she fell in love with him. Like, I just didn't buy it for one second. It was so phony. And Matt, clearly, I, you've never been a dumb girl who fell for the wrong guy. And like, I hate to break it to you, but that part is probably the most realistic. <laughs> it was just too convenient <laughs> everything top to bottom <laughs> too convenient and i get that it's you know it's meant to be entertaining and it was entertaining don't get me wrong but not a good movie it's outside of nostalgia i can't imagine someone watching this now and but that soundtrack huh? okay soundtrack great <laughs> the score horrible <laughs> awful so bad <laughs> like truly abysmal i was like wow stick this to is, needle drops please. this is the most yeah <laughs> this is the most 90s fucking score i've ever heard in my life so anyway i don't really i'm you know try i'm gonna keep it brief but travis i don't know how you felt on your rewatch i'm assuming was this like a staple when you were a kid or or not really 
Uh, this was a big Tyler movie. My older brother, he was really into this. I buy that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He was probably in junior high when it came out too. So it was just perfect Mm. timing. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel similarly to you. Um, it's not a great movie, but it is just like a kind of fun, watchable movie. But yeah, yeah, you, you could definitely like, if you're viewing it with a 20, 24 lens it's uh pretty problematic but most movies back then were so <laughs> yeah one of the rougher ones i mean american pie at least is still pretty funny uh it's it's rough but still pretty funny and mostly holds up but again i have nostalgia for that movie that is one that mm-hmm. i saw growing up so it's it's hard to say it's tough to remove yourself from that you know so it's it's always interesting revisiting movies from your childhood so mm-hmm. yeah anyway cool intentions paris have you uh watched much since we we haven't really talked about what we've been watching in quite a while because we had the yeah you know, best so of stuff, but. i mean clearly you're not a letterboxed police like travis because you would know the only thing i've seen since we recorded our last episode is the zone of interest because you gal <laughs> oh, got- you're slacking Mm, not slacking it's very purposeful your gal got burnt out on seeing movies taking a break yeah yeah I, it was a well needed i i don't know how many times i said i fell out of love with cinema last year but i felt that i felt that real deep after our top 10 i was like i need a fucking break <clears throat> and then i really wanted to see zone of interest and then you know we we're you know we we're reviewing it so i was like excellent but i'm I'm gonna be honest there's been a couple movies even at home where i'm like oh i could uh, yeah i could totally watch no i've been doing a lot of tv um i am currently watching beef the netflix show huge 24 haven't Uh, you watched that right came highly recommended you had to watch that you didn't Um, watch it i don't watch tv dude i know but it was like talked about a ton it's a24 it's right there on netflix yeah. i'll say a24 means it. nothing to me now oh my god okay well you're dumb get real um yeah <laughs> fuck you guys a24 Jesus. is dead to me they don't know how to market a movie if they can't merchandise it get out of here oh my god okay well your your number Matt's one favorite last movie year yeah exactly was <laughs> yeah they marketed the shit out of it right so what are you even talking about <laughs> Um, okay anyway back to what i was saying yes um yeah beef was i i'm i'm episode six of eight uh so i'm really cruising through i had to stop because i was watching like an episode or two every day and they're like kind of intense where i'd have to like watch something nice after or like you know just kind of chill out for a little bit after uh so i took a quick break but it is so so good goes in unexpected places the acting is really 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 stand out and i'm quite curious to see how it ends and just this there there's uh i don't want to spoil anything but you know it's obviously in the title that there's two people who have a beef and the escalation that it takes it goes from crazy to holy fucking shit i can't believe this is happening like it's just yeah it's really good yeah beef is a lot of fun and uh also banging soundtrack 
and it's uh i think it's like all 90s music paris can you confirm i can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> maybe maybe early 2000s but the yeah, soundtrack like... didn't stand out to me in a way where i remember but uh yeah well I'll i feel like it's usually i can't remember if it's like within the show or if it's usually like you know like title cards or like end credits or whatever where the music's playing but i remember the title cards with oh sorry go ahead i just remember the music being pretty like prominent i will say the title cards with the episode titles and like it always has a piece of art oh that's yeah it's done for the oh my god i was fucking cream dream supreme all over that jesus christ like i get in there matt <laughs> <laughs> i will who buddy don't Haley and I are slowly making our way through Game of Thrones. All right, that's that's hey Game of right Thrones. <laughs> yeah, are you rewatching I mean, it? it? I'm rewatching it. Haley is seeing it for the first time. Yeah, you know what? I am actually rewatching it on my own right now. Oh, uh, on your own? <laughs> yeah, just got a wild hair up your ass, huh? Just well, I started the show with Chelsea years ago, and we fizzled out like sometime in season two. So this this time around, she's not gonna hold me back. So if it if I don't finish it, it's on Damn. me. Oh, so it's basically a first watch then, because you you only got through the second, not even the second season. Yeah, but I'm right around where I left off last time uh, in my rewatch. Okay. Are I, you loving re- it though? Yes, I am yeah, digging sweet. it, especially more like uh, than the first time around, probably because. You know, I'm a little more familiar with it, but um, context yeah. and all that. Well, there's just a lot of a lot of characters, a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am digging it. Haley and I are in the beginning of season five, so oh, we're wow. significantly further along. But this is—I'm surprised I hadn't mentioned it on the show. We've been—we started it around like November, probably. It's been a while. We haven't watched it in several weeks, but. Anyway. been a while hopefully i stick with it because i am notorious for starting a show and not finishing it like twin peaks already tried twice and i think if i go Pass. back i'll restart it so where did you leave off in twin peaks was it in the second season i don't know or the sometime in first season the first season sorry the first season that's so surprising. there's just a lot of twin peaks <laughs> yeah the first season shocks me though because that is so engaging i feel like if it didn't get you if the first season didn't get you then the second and third like probably aren't the move well the thing i really want to watch the third season i don't really care about season two i feel like what i should do is just do a little youtube and then watch season three you could it's honestly not plot driven at all so i feel like Given that you've seen a lot of season one, you probably could just watch season three now. I think it would be okay. Perfect. Season three is Lynchian to the point of where it's more like um, uh, Highway. What was that one? Lost Highway? Lost Highway. It's more like Lost Highway. I love Lost um, Highway. Or his shorts that he did with like the monkey than like most of his other work. Maybe, maybe someday, someday I will 
finish it. But for now, I got my eyes set on Game of Thrones, and I've been rewatching uh, Curb because uh, yes, I haven't seen the last like two or three newer seasons, and so since this new one is the final, right? Yep. Yep. Per- perfect time to just go back to the start. I am loving Curb. <laughs> I mean, I've seen. I've seen Curb like the first seven or eight seasons all the way through. And then I think I, I watched the first couple seasons with Chelsea a second time through. But now I'm on my own again, watching it all from the beginning. Um, I'm on season seven right now. I've been burning through it. And uh, season seven has some good stuff. You would think like, oh, we're getting towards the time where TV shows start to take a dive. But there's been some really funny episodes in season. Well, this current seven. season oh, yeah. is like what season fourteen or fifteen, right? Twelve. Twelve. Season 12. Okay. So I feel like, I feel like while some shows that would go twelve seasons, like season seven is like okay. I feel like for him, that's not like. It that's where it like is is like peaking, you know, and just keep going up from there. Season eight is one of my favorites. So it's like. It did so like the reboot, not reboot, but like the more recent seasons, <laughs> they're really good. But there's like a slight well, dip in quality. I would say, because but not really. Matt loves the later seasons because Leon is introduced. Well, no, I, well, I just well, right. I, say, I mean, Leon makes the show. Honestly, <laughs> like I feel like I don't care about Curb prior to Leon. If I'm being oh, honest, oh, there's some great stuff though. Not to say it's not seasons. good or worth watching. I just don't personally. I think that is where the show picks up and takes off and never stops. One of the best away. episodes is the episode with Crazy Eye. <laughs> Crazy Eye's killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Leon is. I I just watched the episode where uh, Larry starts dating the the handicapped woman in the wheelchair. Oh <laughs> yeah, wheelchair Wendy and. Uh... Uh, like Lisa Handicap or something, right? <laughs> the part where Larry has to carry her up the stairs is amazing, but then after Larry has sex with her, it's like the next morning at, at the home and Leon approaches him and Leon's talking to him about, well, you busted that thing up, right? Because <laughs> Larry's talking about to her, uh, or talking about, talking to him about how like she may have not felt it because she's paralyzed from the waist down <laughs> right <laughs> he's like oh i would have busted that thing <laughs> leon definitely makes the show better i mean so after season eight the show took a like a multi-year hiatus when it came back like season season 9 10 11 there's like a slight dip in quality i would say right. it's still really good but not as good as it almost feels too years. modern like larry is very of a time and i don't know i feel like him and his friends have gotten older and all the stuff is still funny it's still really good but i'll agree with you that i think that that the return is just like lightly not quite the same i am excited uh i haven't seen the most recent episode yet of the new season i'm excited and i will point out that they're in one of the more recent seasons uh there is an ingenious bit where Larry uh, starts wearing a MAGA hat 
because he realizes people are repulsed by him and they leave him alone <laughs> when he's wearing a MAGA hat. He calls it a people repellent, I think. So he oh starts walking God. around wearing a MAGA hat so people leave him alone. It's so funny. Anyway, Curb Rules. It does. <laughs> well, that's the TV uh, power hour. Yeah. Is there more TV? Yeah, I thought uh, I on there. <laughs> yeah. No more TV. I was going to talk about two things briefly and then I'm done. Sure. All right. Go so I alluded to this earlier, but I watched The Act of Killing. And um, I know this is uh, pretty highly regarded, especially in the uh, documentary world. And um, I did really like it. It is also one of those things that's like hard to say that you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I didn't necessarily like it as much as other people do. Like I, I totally get why people would give this five stars and say it's amazing. But for me, um, yeah, glad I watched it. Thought it was good and effective at times. But uh, I did think it was maybe a little too long and maybe just like a little too disjointed. Like I just, maybe like the scope was just too big for what it was trying to do, but I just feel like it could have been a little more cohesive. Maybe I would, I wouldn't have that issue on rewatch, but yeah, that was kind of my initial impression on it. Um, but yeah, it is pretty effective, especially like, yeah, the whole through line of it, like the, the introduction to these characters and then the, the like the climax comparing those two is pretty awesome. But yeah, I, I was maybe like slightly disappointed by it, but I think that's more of a me thing than anything. I've been wanting to revisit that one. I, I would definitely say it might not be like my favorite documentary, but I would say it's maybe the most impactful documentary I've seen. Like I was floored by what happened. It's just insane to think of like the director just based on the premise, you know, it's kind of left open to the subjects to create their own like world in a sense. And I can't imagine he ever in a million years thought that they would do what they did with the resources that he provided to them. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. bonkers the shit that these people say and what they do with the resources they're provided. And there's just so many like incredible moments. And I don't know that that's a once, once in a lifetime kind of documentary. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. I guess I just, for whatever reason, the first time I watched it, it didn't quite hit like I wanted it to, but I definitely see why it's so highly regarded. Are you going to watch the sequel? Uh, I'm tempted to. I I know that one is also well regarded. Maybe not as highly regarded as The Act of Killing, but it's it's a bit of a different take, right? It's not like a doesn't he interview the like families of the victims? Right, the survivors. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's definitely a much more somber exercise and um it's really good, really impactful, but maybe a little less uh remarkable, I guess. Mm. Definitely worth watching though. And I do need to correct myself. I think I said earlier that it was about 
the genocide in uh, Cambodia. It was uh, Indonesia, oh, not Cambodia. Okay. So wrong mm-hmm. genocide. Excuse me. United States of America. LOL. Proxy wars on wrong both genocide. Sides, but, am uh, I right? <laughs> happens yeah. to everyone. <laughs> Easy to mix them up. <clears throat> but yes, that was Indonesia that that takes place in, not Cambodia. Right. Yeah, uh, I think you should watch it. It's it's worth definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I'll need to check if it's streaming. Uh, Active Killing is currently on Peacock, if you're curious. Mm. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about is I rewatched Alexander Payne Sideways. This was uh, mostly due to seeing the holdovers last year. Um, hadn't seen Sideways in a long time. This was the movie that, you know, was uh, the beginning of Paul Giamatti and Alexander Payne. So decided to give it a rewatch. And uh, I do, yeah, I do really like Sideways. I think it's a uh, pretty well written, pretty funny. I like um, the whole like wine culture aspect of it. Um, I think there's some good humor from that. And, um, yeah, I guess just kind of relatable in a sense with like getting older and some of the, like the relationships you get into. Um, I don't know if it really went up or down on rewatch, but, uh, sideways is really solid. Gave it four stars. Can I tell you guys a fun fact about sideways? Hell yeah. Um, so you know how in the movie he trashes Merlot and glamorizes Pinot Noir, which has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the actual wine, but that his ex-wife liked them or whatever, or like Merlot, and he was like, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. So after that movie, Merlot sales went down by 2% nationwide, and Pinot Noir sales increased by 16%, accounting for all other factors. Yeah, I actually listened to the uh, the rewatchables episode of Sideways after I watched the movie, and uh, they touched on that as well. It's kind of crazy how, I mean, wine culture is very like specific, but it's kind of crazy that a movie, I mean, this movie was pretty successful, but I wouldn't call it like a mega blockbuster or anything like that. Right. But it's kind of crazy that a movie of like of this like stature had that kind of pull on well, an industry. I think the- the wine industry is so like that where it's like someone who seems like they know what they're talking about says something. So we're to trust and follow them. Like if y'all ever watched the documentary Psalm. No. Yeah. The Somalia documentary. Yeah. 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 Travis, I would highly recommend it. I saw it like, I think when it first came out, like in 2000, between 2012 and 2015, and it's Som? really good. Mm-hmm. S-O-M-M. Okay. Like short for sommelier. It's about, it's a documentary about a group of people that are trying to um, get the actual like world certification to be sommeliers. And it's like really, really difficult. And it's sort of this prestigious world that you have to break into etc etc but yeah it was really really good and i also feel like it gives this like sideways it gives this interesting into that culture there's four of these movies (laughs) what like they made sequels or cup of salvation is the fourth psalm film if you look at psalm on letterbox if you go down to the related films there's three other movies and i think they're 
all sequels to some. Oh yeah, it's the same director in all of them. What the fuck? Nobody has seen well, these. Well, I've other only movies, ever though. heard of the first one, and that is on streaming on Peacock, it looks like. Jesus. 20 people have logged the fourth one, Cup of Salvation, on Letterboxd. It was at it was screened at a winery. <laughs> <laughs> Very exclusive. Yeah. I remember the first one, like there was a little bit of a a blip when Psalm came out, but only 6.7 thousand people have logged it on Letterboxd, <clears throat> I guess. The poster looks familiar, but no, I haven't seen yeah, it. I think it was think on it Netflix, was, It was right? very well, yeah, I think that was early Netflix. I mean, it was like, what, 12 years ago? Um, so it was on Netflix, and it was a documentary. You know, I'm sure not a ton of people saw it, but I remember just happened to watch it one time, and it was so, so good. Interesting. Wine culture. Fascinating. Yeah, those people are nuts. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm ge- I'm done if you guys are done. I don't know if you had anything else. I had two things real quick. Um, I rewatched... I took an edible with Haley and rewatched uh, oh, Kung yeah. Pao Enter the Fist. Which uh, talk about nostalgia movies? That is oh my god, one of my favorite uh, oh my comedies. So and for the most part, that it absolutely holds up. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. Some jokes are a little off color, uh, for sure. Of course, but, you know, it's <laughs> par for the course for you know anything older than fucking five years. Some, yeah, some. It's actually pretty. There's a lot of really clever visual gags, um, and it's also a literally profoundly a character called stupid. Miss Triple Nipple. Okay, that cannot. It, it, the whole movie is off color. Miss Triple Nipple. Yeah. There's a woman with one boob. There's not a woman with three boobs. What am I thinking of? I don't know what you're thinking. A fucking Total Recall. Isn't that the three no. boob lady? I mean, yes. She's but not referred to as triple nipple. Triple nipple. I swear there's a moment in Kung Pao Enter the Fist that they, they call her Miss Triple Nipple. No, she's got one boob. Okay, y'all. I'm Because I'm, I watched this movie as like a young child, so maybe I'm mixing up two different movies. Hold on. I will go on a quest. Oh. Well, anyway, it's still really funny. I Haley was kind of blown away because I quote this movie all the time, and she like didn't even realize that I was quoting it because she had never seen it before so <laughs> she uh you know didn't like it as much as i did but she admitted that it's pretty funny and uh worth a watch worth a rewatch if you've seen it before check it out i've never seen it oh my god dude you got it it's so <laughs> fucking funny <laughs> is it streaming anywhere no we rented it it's mm, not okay. uh, it's not streaming anywhere it was like also, Three I would bucks. like to apologize. It is not from Kung Pao Enter the Fist. It is from another movie I watched a lot as a child, Eight Crazy Nights. Ah, Travis's uh, uh, favorite uh, holiday movie. <laughs> yeah. I used to watch it all the time. My friend literally had it on tape. Actually. VHS tape. 
Matt, after I rewatched Eight Crazy Nights and loved it, I've, I've watched it again since, and it didn't hit. So it must have just been like, like in a bottle. <laughs> a time and night. place kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes perfect... movies like that just hit, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're in the right mood and, you know, taking a trip down nostalgia. It's mainly nostalgia. That's it's a mainly fail. Yeah, the old <laughs> man. I see it anyways. <laughs> just kidding. Like, there's he so many good lines amazing. from that. He is amazing. That character is incredible. That old man. Incredible, huh? Well, Whitey. Incredible. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Whitey. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, I can confidently say that Kung Pao is a better and funnier movie than Eight Crazy. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. fucking way. I'll let you guys be the judge. It's yeah, like, we just judged in the end. It's iconic. <laughs> it's, it's really, really funny. Um, not as consistent as I remember. There are definitely some lulls, but the lulls make up for it. So check it out. Uh, the only other thing I'll talk about is uh, I finally watched uh, Petite Maman, uh, the most recent film. You hadn't from... seen that yet? No, I bought the Criterion oh. and I still hadn't watched it. That was a uh, No Man's Land yep. movie. Yep, much like Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Before that, Petite Maman was also in No Man's Land. Did you come in your pants 12 times? I really liked it, but no, I did not come in my pants. <laughs> okay. uh, would not have made my top 10 that year. Um, but really, really liked it. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I, I knew a, a, a little bit about the movie, but I just really love its tone. It's It's affecting it's very quiet the scope of it is very small but it's like the magical realism aspect of it is is really neat and it's it's a heartfelt film and i really like the world that it created and performances are amazing it looks amazing um just i just felt a little by the end of it i was just like that was nice you know but it didn't like have a lasting impact on me Nowhere near what I felt watching Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So um, really, really, really liked it. But It does seem like one of those movies that you would just fall head over heels for, though. I mean, I did love it. It's just it's just a little slight. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it is like 70 minutes long. Yeah. It's very Literally, short runtime. <laughs> you know, it gets in, it gets out, and it's basically a movie about this little girl who loses her grandmother and it's like a fantasy world that she essentially creates where she gets to interact with her mother who is, is her, it's like a twin basically, but it's like a, you know, like a portal through time. Like she basically wanders into the woods and it's like, she gets to hang out with her mother and her grandmother as her mother knew her. And it's like her way of like, coping with the the loss it's 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 a movie about grieving basically in in many ways you saw travis i don't remember you wow that's yeah i saw a matt movie with a fucking bow yeah i saw it uh i actually saw it in portland when uh chelsea and i were down there hanging out oh Uh, before was it before we did our best of like what it was it in contention mm, or i think it was right after we did our best of oh okay uh, you probably talked about it then, and I just don't remember. But maybe, yeah, I'm glad I bought it. So I have the Criterion now. It's maybe you know, 
there's room for it to go up, but I, I doubt it. I, it is um, a little similar to uh, All of Us Strangers, just in the the way that it deals with um, like characters, you know, coming back to life or in a different like so there's ghosts iteration. Come? <laughs> no, not really. children, Paris. Come on. So <laughs> goes the ketamine then. <laughs> it's but it's I magical guess just... realism though, because the other characters like acknowledge each other, even though we know as a viewer it's impossible that they could. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain without without seeing it, but a I guess, yeah, different. I guess just conceptually it's it's on like the same wavelength. Sure, I get I get what you mean. Yeah, really liked it. So I'm glad I finally caught up with it. I'm glad I own it because it's it's one that I'm I'll return to. I made it 75 minutes. I mean, come on, the rewatch potential is endless. So anyway, that's it. That all uh, that I'll report on. I think that's uh, it's pretty good. We did good, guys. Um, what's coming? We doing Argyle? Do we got to wait? <laughs> what is with Matthew Vaughn? When Matthew Vaughn first came onto the scene, or, you know, like with Kick Ass and the first Kingsman, I was like, okay, this guy's pretty cool. But, like, he's, I feel like ever since then, he's just been shoving his movies down our throat. Like, we're supposed to care. Like, it's an event when Matthew Vaughn makes a movie. But, like, I don't feel like he's earned that. I've been seeing the same fucking trailer for Argyle for like a fucking year. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this movie is coming out now. Like, obviously, I'm it, gonna try. I'm gonna try to kind- see it, but like, it's so stupid. There's no way. It, it's so. I'm. I'm so annoyed by it now. It kind of yes. reminds me of Guy Ritchie, but like Guy Ritchie actually like made a name for himself and was like something at some point at least. Like Matthew Vaughn, I feel like didn't really ever do that. Like, I think- maybe a little, but just not on the level of Guy Ritchie. I mean, he had one like Kingsman. And then everything since then has been kind of like bad, trash. I don't know. They made a lot of money, I think. So I think maybe it's just a marketing ploy to like build him up as like a marquee well, guy. You know, I've also just heard him like, I don't know if I've heard interviews directly, but like I've heard of him in interviews and like he just sounds like so full of himself. Yeah. He thinks he's like, tarantino or something he's like (laughs) very arrogant or comes across very arrogant anyway also did you see that the the twist in argyle was actually spoiled in in the initial Uh, press release no there are tweets from three years ago that literally spoil who agent argyle is in a press release that's awful and in the trailer of the, they like make that up. Like, who's the real agent? Like, all the marketing is like, who's the real agent Argyle? And it was literally in the first press release. Yikes! Yeah. Yikes! Yikes! Indeed. But so. here's the thing: Sam Rockwell's in it, so I am still gonna see it. He's good in everything, but he is yeah. all almost always <laughs> in bad movies. Yes, I wish bad. he would pick he, better roles. I don't think he has a great agent. I don't think he's getting sent the best scripts, but he is the finest. Maybe that's what they want for him. They want him to be big fish, small pond. He makes every movie he's ever been in better, and yet he's almost exclusively been in bad movies. I don't understand. It's tragic. It's the great tragedy of our time. 
you know, the promised land or, you know, the book of Clarence or Freud's last session or the beekeeper. Are these movies? Oh, these are movies. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was naming other movies that we could possibly review, but I guess we can talk about that off air. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of some of the Oscar movies uh, that didn't make it into theaters like before 20, end of 2023 are popping up. Like the local indie theater near me is going to start playing uh, The Taste of Things and... Um, I want perfect to see that days. So bad. Yeah, me too. Taste of Things, Perfect Days, the uh, the Vim Vendors movie, um, uh, the Teachers Lounge. They're playing that soon too. So like a lot of those movies that were like, like Travis at the No. Wow, Man's you're getting Land all picks. the bangers. Pickford, all they're getting all of us strangers Teachers in like Lounge two is, weeks, like is way 2024, late. Twenty twenty four, right? No, well, again, it's one of those. The Teachers Lounge is nominated at the Oscars this year for best international feature so it's considered but international but is it but you guys Shit. said it has to be united states well it's only in contention because it did screen ah, in new york and la or whatever Matt, i don't know it's just one of those weird things. everett is getting teacher's lounge this friday that's huge the fucking not regal that. yeah Shit. oh yeah well, anyway, we can figure it out off air. But the point is that we're going to get, like, prestige film stragglers. And just, like, January and February is when they dump all the trash. You know what I mean? Like, hey, it's I know you pretty guys are desolate. dying to see Lisa Frankenstein. I am. <laughs> Haley wants to see that. <laughs> you know, it doesn't look terrible. I have been looking forward to it for a long time. And then I found out Cole Sprouse was the guy and I got disappointed. But here's the thing. I'm st- I'm back in, baby. I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. Um, oh, what? I didn't. Okay, so I did not realize this. It's directed by Zelda Williams in her feature-length debut. Zelda and Williams by Diablo Cody. And Diablo that Cody, is, yeah. That's why I'm like, this doesn't just seem like another shitty, dumb, like that vampire movie where he like warm bodies, you know. This doesn't seem like that, which I also love, by the way. But like, hey, warm bodies is good. That's what I no, said, which not. I also love, no, by the way. No, it's not. Right. It's, it's too late in the show to get this, but no, it's bad. It's, it's not a bad movie, movie, but I do love it. I'll say that. It's But fun. this actually looks like it could be, like, funny, campy, good. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Diablo Cody as a screenwriter. I think we should review writer. it. It's coming out this weekend. Is it really? Oh, yeah. yeah. here at least. It is. I could well, be convinced. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we should revisit it. <laughs> I'm definitely Cody. down. Done. <laughs> we did Jennifer's down. body, therefore we gotta do Lisa Frankenstein. Yep, that's I true. like Tolly too. She hasn't. Sh- well, granted, this is just a screenplay. Tolly. Tolly is is pretty good. Um, liked it a lot. And yeah, I'd be down. We can talk about it off air, but it'll be slim pickings for a couple months, probably at least until uh, the banger of all bangers drops. Love keeps kicking. The popcorn cup. Love keeps kicking. Oh, that too. Or what is it? The the fucking the new rose glass. Uh, love lies bleeding. <laughs> love lies bleeding. Love keeps kicking. Love keeps kicking is a Martha song that I love. God damn it. Yes, love lies bleeding. The new love rose glass. Love lies bleeding film. has an unknown release date. The last I looked. No, it's April. 
What? Oh, March 8th. March 8th. No fucking way. It's like yeah. a month? Oh, my God. Yep. And the new uh, the new Luca Guadagnino comes out pretty soon, too. That tennis oh, yeah. movie with Zendaya where she's like, well, fucking. Hello. That Dune looks part two. That's yes, what Dune I part said. Two. March 1st. I got to get that rewatch in a Dune ASAP. Rewatch is going to be huge. Hey, I'm going to Pacific Science Center for uh, Dune 2. Okay, Matt, you should also go, and then we can have a fun time of it. No. It's going to be huge, Matt. Literally. Huge screen. Literally. Not going all the way to Seattle. (laughs) Well, Travis, if you go to Pacific Science Center, invite me, because I literally live with Okay, maybe we can do a redo, since Oppenheimer never worked out. Wait, does it come out March 1st? Yep. Mm. Now, I actually am going to be in Seattle that weekend to see oh. the Mountain Goats. So, potentially oh, a Sunday ever. matinee could potentially be doable. Maybe. Sunday matinee with Matt. We can talk about it. That would the be matinee. the only time. And only because I'd already be there. <laughs> right. Wouldn't want to put you out or anything. Not not for Pacific Science Center. I've done it. It's it's cool, but it's not worth the voyage. Oh my god! You know Matt, what I'm saying? Is it really? Come on, on guys! Is so it really wrong. that much you're better? So Matt, that wrong. is. Yes, that is the only theater worth better. the trouble. No. Honestly, yeah, I, I I would never ask you guys to drive down to Seattle except to go see it at that theater. Like, come on, nah, it's not worth it. I'll Been pay there, twenty dollars to park to fucking go there, dude. You guys are nuts. well. If y'all, are, if, if y'all give me a Pacific heads up, I have, I, I oh, have yeah. a guest pass where you can park for free. Oh shit! Even better. Not at, not in their parking lot, but around the. You know, I live literally across from the fucking arena. You can park anywhere over here. Oh yeah, sick. Well, anyway, let's revisit that. But that is going to do it for the episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back shortly. With uh, Lisa Frankenstein or uh, Argyle or who knows what, but we'll keep we'll keep the content trickling. So thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back soon. Bye. Never